Hi guys, Paul from the innovation community here. Today I'm with Erdem Emin Ake, who is head of advanced analytics at JISC. Now Erdem has a wide range of experiences working analytics in, in data services, insurance, and as I mentioned, now over at JISC. Great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, I gave you a bit of context there. Tell us a bit about yourself in your own words. Yeah, uh, my name is Erdem. As Paul mentioned, and I am 35 years old, and uh, I have a four-month-old son. So if you hear any screaming behind the scenes, that's why. And I am original from Turkey, and I have been living in Denmark for five years now. And uh, I had worked in a, a market research company, Nielsen, and I worked in an insurance company. And then, like in five years since I have moved to Denmark, I have been working in Yusk, which is a retailer, you might say. We are, you know, in Yusk selling everything between sleeping and living. And in my time in USC, I had been pricing manager in the beginning for three and a half years. And last one and a half year, I, I, I am head of advanced analytics. So where did your career working in data start? My first job was a modeling analyst where actually I jumped into working with data from day one. But it's funny how I became modeling analyst because I applied for a business analyst position in Nielsen back then after I graduated and it was more facing the customers. But during my interview, the HR partner in the interview thought that I would be a better fit for the modeling analyst position. Then I had to have another interview with the head of the back then the advanced analytics team in Nielsen and I was hired as a modeling analyst. So that's how my data career started and I never stopped working with data since then. And since the, the initial role as an analyst to, to your current role, how have you seen the data, the importance of data change and evolve? Yeah, for, for me personally, it changed quite a lot because in the beginning I was using SAS, the software, and then we had been working mainly with FMCG data and providing lots of reports for huge FMCG customers, you might say. Then I jumped into pricing specialist position in an insurance company. And of course, in insurance company, it's still the backbone is data, you might say, but the, the way you use it is completely different, but still, you know, you are using data. Then, you know, building on my pricing specialist role, when I moved to Denmark, I found this pricing manager position in USC, then moving to a retailer. So my story in data had always the data as the anchor, but my role had changed and I had been pricing manager for three years. Then you decided to open up a new department called advanced analytics and I applied for the position and now I became head of advanced analytics. So for me personally, it is a quite journey and every five years, more or less, you might say that I changed the way I work with data, right? In the beginning, it was with SAS. When it was insurance, it was a bespoke program that we used. And now since I moved to USC and in the pricing manager position, I was using R mostly. And now in our new team, we, we have a both Python, R and also Nime software that we use. So it's changing every day. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you are up to in your current role? Yeah, it, it was a long process. I would say that you decided to, you know, found this advanced analytics department. We had a strategy makeover or, you know, a new strategy 
progress with a consultancy firm and we had lots of deep dives and one of them was called increase increased sales through data the focus was data and the consultancy company said that look guys you know all the other companies are having more focus on the analytics and use as a big company also should have an advanced analytics department and it was a buy-in from the c level you might say for all the you know our executive management team also were on board and they decided to build this department and in my role now as a head of advanced analytics i am trying to push that we are using more analytics within the organization to be more data driven like this is probably one of the most common words that you would hear in your podcast so we are trying to also be more data driven and i'm trying to push that we are there and of course the first thing that we are trying to do is that we are trying to promote our department right? because the, the department is new of course everyone has their own ways of doing things so we are trying to show them or you know showcase them how we can help them right with different you know tools or with different analysis that we do what we can provide on top to help what they do in their business. Makes sense. And what really interests you about working with data? You've been doing it for a very long time in, a, in a, both a, the execution side, but now also more the strategic side, it sounds like as well. What, what, what's really kept you working with it throughout those years? I mean, it, it's really, one thing is being data driven, but it's really almost, you can't argue with the facts coming with data, right? You can prove your case with data and it's, you know, more than one way maybe you can find different information from the same sort of data you might think that okay i have you know investigated i made analysis from this data like 10 different analysis but you might do the 11th one so i always like the fact that you know there's all these opportunities coming with the data and you never get bored you might say and there's always something to learn one thing is of course getting the insight insights from data and one thing is how you will get insight from right you can of course do lots of things with excel and vba but then on top you might add like r skills or python skills or you know any other new tool so it's always something for you to develop as a person as a programmer as a whatever and then now of course as you just mentioned like now i have the uh, leadership or strategic part which i'm still learning so now it's a different kind of excitement for me or different kind of opportunity for me yeah, c continuously improving and optimizing. I like it. Yes. What are some of the major successes that you've achieved over your career? While I was in the insurance company, I was asked to rethink the household insurance. Like maybe it will be too te technical, but the, the insurance you would buy for your house, right? So the, of course, there are lots of variables that you can you can use if, you know, when you arrive to a premium. For a customer perspective, you just ask for the you know, insurance premium, and then you get one. But we, with, a, with two other colleagues, we built a new household insurance from scratch, and it took, I don't know, maybe half a year or so, but then in, in the end, we could add uh, to the company's end result, right? We, we could see directly, okay, it developed or it improved the profit. Now, of course, you know, I am hoping in maybe two, three years that I could talk about the success that we made in USC, having this advanced analytics department in a better shape. Fantastic stuff. So where do you think that technology has a role to play in, in terms of moving the, the data space forward? And, and what effects do you think this will have over the next few years? Yeah, until now, what we have done in USC is that we built everything almost on-prem. So we are using a third party company, but it's still on-prem. But there's always this talk, of course, when 
should we move to cloud? Not if we should, but when. So definitely there will be a, a phase that we also have to move to cloud. I don't know whether it's short term, long term, but definitely that that is already out there. I can't say that it's not, it's coming, it's, it's already out there. We just chose for the timing not to be on cloud, but on-prem to start it. But for us, it will be a huge maybe change in the next three years or four years when it comes to that decision. Yeah, you mentioned the, the insurance example earlier. What yeah. was the biggest impact you think you made on a transformation? In that particular example, of course, you know, when you're thinking of different variables in the insurance company, you, you can have the basic ones like the square meters of a household or et cetera. But if you just find one extra uh, variable that other insurance companies didn't know of or couldn't find yet, then you just separate yourself from all others in the market. Then you don't want to get maybe the risks. And then you, by just doing mm -hmm. one simple change, all those risky households will go to another insurance company. But also like maybe, yeah. you know, I can also give an example from USC here. So when I was pricing manager, you know, by doing some, like, with some of my analysis, we have now two different KPIs that we follow continuously. So of course that also adds to the maybe culture of the, the company, right? You know, if you cr can create a KPI or if you contribute to creating a KPI, which is being followed, then you're always maybe can say, okay, I have this impact ongoing right yeah yeah and i think that's really important especially uh with the current role and this leads me on to my next question taking more of a, a strategic role now how would you describe your leadership style when you're trying to engage and communicate uh maybe less data savvy or or or, or individuals in the organization that don't believe in the data yeah i mean of course you know for me it's maybe you can say the biggest challenge is now to find my leadership style right you know I didn't bring any leadership style to my position here because I didn't have any employee under me back then. But now, you know, we have in use what we call use values that help me. And then I can also spar with my own boss. How can I do this or that? And then try to learn it. I think that I am more like involving and developing my team members to begin with. And I always, you know, try to let them train and I also let them get it, it, enough training and I always want them to contribute what we are doing together like it's not I, and one thing is that it's my inexperience of it right you know I don't know everything that we could decide on so that's why I'm more involving type of leader for the time being so time will tell whether I will change or will stick to this style and what about when you're trying to engage and communicate the senior leaders of the organization yeah. so I, I am you might say in a lucky position now with this team coming from the strategy process, from the consultancy, like we have a good wind behind ourselves. Like we have the C-level sport, we have the CEO level sport on this. So in that sense, you know, maybe it's easier compared to other companies having the trouble talking to senior management, trying to convince them, right? It, they, they were already on board from the get-go. So they already approved, okay, this department should be there. So it was a, maybe the consultancy process was the main convincing part. So now I am trying to do is, of course, we shouldn't lose this steam or we shouldn't lose this wind. We should just keep improving. We should just show them what we contribute or what we could contribute. And we should just, you know, try to, you know, of course, you know, 
taking some projects and then showing in a way, okay, this is the process, this is the progress. Of course, you can't maybe tell as much details as to the senior level as you will do with the you know business persons, but that's where I do like, you know, try to create some presentations or have different meetings. And my boss himself is from the executive management team here. So always I have the you know, support or you know, I have the anchor in the senior level team. So through him. So. <laughs> uh, where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement uh, in the organization right now? I mean, for us, it, it is, you know, when we started this year, we had a business plan, of course, we decided that we should do one or two projects to begin with, and we should select maybe one of the big, you know, big ones that could affect. Like now we are trying to build a demand forecast and as a big company is used, so in a, even a small, you know, improvement will give a, a boost in the things we do. And the biggest opportunity, of course, is, you know, finding more locations or more, you know, opportunities within the organization that we can, step in and then maybe help them to be even better on what they do, not to replace them, but to help them to be even better. And how have you found the impacts of COVID-19 has affected the implementation of the program? You know, not having contact with the, you know, face-to-face -face contact with, uh, yeah. with your team members. Have you found that difficult or have you been able to work around that? I mean, it, it was difficult because we hired the first data science on 1st of March last year. And then in, two weeks, there were lots of restrictions. And we hired our data analyst first of April. And because of, again, different restrictions, it was decided that we should send him home like for a, like one or one and a half month. Then all of a sudden, like you are building a team and you want to do lots of stuff, lots of interactions. And from the get-go, you are behind. So you might say we lost maybe half a month, one month in total because of the initial, you know, hit. Of course, after that, like being in the analytical side, so we, we adopted using Slack, Zoom, Skype, whatever. So we could maybe, for us, it was easier to switch to virtual life, but for the introduction purposes, it was tougher than we would want to. We, we had lots of plans, lots of meetings, lots of team building activities, etc., that we couldn't do. But in, in the other case, like, you know, we also, in the beginning, we had to spend some time on doing different proof of concept for choosing our, you know, software. So like after the initial hit of, you know, interaction phase, you might say we step aside and spend some time ourselves before launching back to the business. Then we, you might say we started doing it in October. And by that time, everyone was okay working from home or okay being virtual. Then it's business as usual. So tricky at the start, but got around and adapted to it. Uh, I, yes. can see, I can see you've got a lot of plants in, in the background. What's your top yeah. working from home tip? I mean, I am maybe one of the worst people who is doing this, but you know, I guess I need a bit better chair. My chair is really bad. What I do is I try to stuck with my ritual. Right? I was working from eight to four. I'm still working from eight to four. I'm trying to plan my day in a way that, okay, this is how I would have worked in the office. Now I should do it this way. So of course, you know, having a plant helps, you know, when you're bored or when you are, you know, you know, needing a fresh air, it's just there, you can just check them. But other than that, I guess, you know, having a good monitor setup, having a height table, if you have the possibility is really important. But am I doing it? No. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm the same. I really do need a new chair with yeah. a better back because uh, I kind of feel like the hunchback of uh, Notre Dame right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Yeah, I will again go back to the insurance company because now I don't want to give any examples from my you know, new company. But, you know, we, we again, you know, I was in the pricing team there in the insurance company and we ha ha had always this focus of trying to find a new variable to add to the models we had. And we had spent so much time working on a new thing, that you might say, and then we called for an a urgent meeting with the CEO. And then he accepted, I guess it was also after the working hours. Then, you know, we closed our laptops and then I saved my file and then we went to his room and I, my boss said, okay, you know, can you open the file? And I lost the file, so I couldn't find the file. So we worked like for three days or something on it. And we called for an urgent meeting for the, with the CEO to show him what we found. And then at the end, we just, you know, kind of made him angry because we lost his time or we used his time with or for nothing. And my boss was like, okay, you know, what did you do? Where is the file? I mean, I still don't know what happened. You know, I, we couldn't even find afterwards. So it's still a mystery for me. And it's like still, you know, I, one of my biggest mistakes, you would say. Yeah, so I'm sure you won't be losing any more files any anytime soon then. I, I mean, you know, it's, it still might happen, but probably I will double check when I have a meeting <laughs> with the CEO. That sounds like a great idea. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Yeah, I, I mean, it, again, coming from the insurance company, that was my second job and I spent like more, more or less five years in that company. It, one of the vice presidents there always says that there is nothing like a small task or small part of the business. So you can become an expert in that small part and then make a life out of it, right? If you just focus on one thing and if it's your thing and if you're really good at it, you will be good for life. So that's probably the best advice that if you, if you are worried about your job security, like you can just be an expert in just one small thing and that will be your thing and then no one will can or can replace you and you can earn lots of money by doing it, right? And why not? Uh, you mentioned yeah. uh, before the call that you're a big nonfiction reader. Who is currently your favorite author? It currently, or in general, you know, my favorite author is Jose Saramago. He, he's a Portuguese writer and he had written lots of novels. He unfortunately died like in 10, 11, I guess. And after him, Gabriel Marquez and also Steven Zweig. I have lots of, you know, authors that I come back to all the time. Nowadays, I'm reading a uh, Turkish writer called Latife Tekin for the ones who would listen from Turkey, maybe they would know. Awesome. So uh, regards to the data world, what are you curious about right now? I mean, I am myself using R. I'm an R guy, you might say. I, I really like using R. But I always want to add Python skills to my repertoire, you might say. So I started learning it, but then had to stop. But of course, you know, always there's this, you know, wish to improve yourself. Now we are using also Nime, the, you know, another software that we learned in the last couple of years or last year, you might say, but always, you know, adding more, like now also there's Julia that I have never used, but there's the new tool coming in, right? I'm always curious about learning new things. What is your favorite quote? I'm not sure whether that's a quote or a joke or a wits, but, you know, I really like the conversation or supposed conversation between CFO and CEO. Like CFO is coming to CEO and saying that like we are spending all this money on training 
and we are developing our people and if like we are spending all this money and we are developing it, what if they leave right? and then CEO says like what if we don't spend money and then they stay right so I really like that like because it's really important to get everyone trained maybe you are spending time now but it definitely will benefit you in the future and you shouldn't be worried that you know you are developing your guys and they might leave i mean even if you don't they might leave so you you, you can never prevent it right and my last question what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data and analytics i mean <laughs> it's maybe toughest question because i i am not a, a experienced leader you might say but what i try to do is to you know spar with hr department spar with my boss to learn from their experiences and that benefits me quite a lot and in again coming back to use values like we have a structure in use that you know new leaders should go through some kind of formal training and that helps quite a lot so i guess that would be my or until now only advice like make sure to use all the material available from hr from your boss from your training etc well, I think you've, you've had a, a good experience and thanks for sharing those insights. That was Erdem Emin Akke, Head of Advanced Analytics at JISC. Again, thanks for joining us. Thank you.